Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Girls with the Fruit Tats. I'm Brianna, and today I have my boyfriend Dimitri on the show to talk about the journey we've been on the past five years called being in a relationship. Have you ever wondered what's really going on with the couples you know, either out of sheer curiosity or to answer the question, is anyone else going through this? In this episode, we go through the different phases of our relationship, from how we met in our young summer romance to going to different schools and moving to Europe and the few breakups we went through in between. Our hope is that you can take something away from our experiences that you can implement in your own relationship and or we fill that sense of curiosity you may have. I do want to mention off the top that we focus mostly on the problems we faced over the past five years and not so much on the good stuff, but that's only because the good stuff doesn't really yield much advice. If you're thinking, wow, did they even like each other through all of this? You can look at my highlight reel, aka my Instagram account, to see all the happy moments too. I really hope you love this episode. If you do, please share it with someone you think might also love it. Maybe share it with your partner and see what they have to say. If you want to see more from us or want to chat with me about the episode, follow us on Instagram, at girlswiththefruitats. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. So today I'm here with a very special guest on the podcast. We have my boyfriend, Dimitri. Hey guys. Nice. <laughs> He's been practicing that one. I hope it came out good. In the mirror, in the car. <laughs> um, so today we are going to talk about our relationship. We've been together for five and a half years and we've had a lot of experiences along the way. Um, so we're excited to jump into all of that. But before we do, do you want to introduce yourself to the people? So my name is Dimitri. I'm 25 years old, and I'm a high school English teacher. And that about sums it up. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to, I don't know, share some hobbies, things you like to do with your free time? Sure. Um, so I play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um I snowboard now, which is a great way to get outside during the winter, Mm -hmm. Uh, something I never really did until recently. And um, I guess reading would be the other big one. As an English teacher. I'm an English teacher. Makes sense. So I read books. Mm -hmm. And um, that's about all I have time for these days. Uh, Yeah, hiking in the summer. Uh Um, Gardening counts, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hobby. I started doing that um, during lockdown this Mm -hmm. past spring and summer. And, um, yeah, I just like being outside pretty much. Well, thank you for sharing that. Of course. So, like I said, we've been together since 2015? Yeah. Right? Okay. In my head for, like, since, like, 2011. Sure. Well, we'll get to that. Um, (laughs) So, we were 19 when we started dating, Mm -hmm. right? And now you're 25, and I turn 25 next month. So, it's been, yeah, 19 to 25 is a fucking ride for anyone I feel like but especially if you're with someone during all that it's a lot of ups and downs so especially given how many places we've been like yeah physically yeah we've been everywhere (laughs) too it's been a lot of different (sighs) parts of life so many parts that we're not gonna dilly dally we're just gonna jump right into it because we have a lot to cover so should we just start with how we met what our background is way back yeah um (laughs) do you want to start Sure. So 
I actually, when I was prepping for this episode, I realized that I don't think everybody knows this. Like, I mean, people who know me obviously know this, but um, I don't think I've ever really talked about this on the podcast. But I have been in a relationship forever, essentially. Um, Before being with Dimitri, I had a boyfriend that I started dating in middle school all the way through freshman year of college. So I have literally always been in a relationship, um, which will come up more and more in this episode than it ever has with anything else we've covered. Um, so Dimitri and I went to the same high school, and I was incredibly unavailable, (laughs) but, uh, that didn't stop you from being interested. No, no, it was, I think, sophomore year, we decided, was when I first realized, like, oh, this girl's kind of cute. Kind of cute. Kind of like her a little bit. (laughs) And then, uh, junior year, I decided, like, okay, I'm gonna make her date me, (laughs) one way or another. Isn't that romantic, folks? Yeah. So I just, uh, I kind of hung around in the background for couple years I think yeah waiting for the um, right opportunity and that presented itself the summer of 2015 freshman going into sophomore year yep yeah yeah so oh we should say that we met through mutual friends Um, we're just in a friend group together and uh, that's pretty much it (laughs) Um, so what I like to say is that he used to hit me with the high Bree smiley face So when we were in college, like, we didn't really spend time one-on-one at all in high school or anything, but then in college, he would just reach out and text me every, like, three-ish months, like, hi, Bree, smiley face, just to, like, remind me that he existed and just to say what's up, which ended up working out. So I ended up breaking up with my high school boyfriend when we got home from freshman year of college and like a week or two weeks later I got a high brief smiley face that to this day you insist you didn't know that I was broken up with my boyfriend I did not um I did not and then it all kind of spiraled from there my heart dropped when you told me I was, I was <laughs> like oh man now what do I do I've just been waiting for so long the opportunity is finally here what do I do about it oh man so summer of 2015 <sighs> What do you want to say about that? The summer of no sleep. Yeah. When so, I was thinking about it, I was just like, I think that the thing that stands out is that we pretty consistently went to bed at five o'clock. Yeah, we weren't really sleeping. We both worked in restaurants at the time, and so we would work from five to eleven, and then hang out from eleven to five, <laughs> which is not a sustainable schedule. Um, so we're not totally crazy. The reason for that is her parents wouldn't let me sleep over, which. You know, we worked around by never going to sleep. Yeah, so, so you just, just sneak out at like 5 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So funny. That's what you do at 19 when you live at your parents' house. And it was weird for them, too, because, you know, she'd had the same boyfriend for Oh, yeah, they were so used to my decade. other boyfriend for my whole life, yeah. And then this new guy with the tats oh shows up <laughs> that they've never heard of before. I met her grandmother by accident wearing a tank top. Like her old-fashioned grandmother who wanted her to be with the doctor and not the, <laughs> what was it, was I a teacher? I think so. Uh, becoming a teacher yeah. at the time, yeah. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> you were dropping me hey. off from the beach and we were hanging out and yeah. she was just at my house and I didn't know it. I wanted to just... <laughs> <laughs> Cover up. Oh my God. I remember the barbecue at uh, Nina and Lola's house. Oh yeah. Where uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark was like, so Mark's her uncle. And we got together for a group photo, and he said, you know, in a few years, we'll either look back and say, remember the first time we all got together, or who's that guy? The <laughs> well, first time we met Dimitri. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> was it the first time I met them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. he was like, this will either be, oh, that was the first time we ever met Dimitri, or who the heck is that All guy? Right, I think I got close enough to it. <laughs> My memory is very shoddy, so she's going to be correcting me throughout the episode. I just... I don't know, I think that that's what makes it funny. <laughs> but yes, uh, so now they look back and say, ah, oh, how nice, that's the first day we ever met Dimitri. But, now, um, now Mark and I share gardening tips. Oh. So our summer, we never slept, so much so that I got really, 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 really sick twice. Like the most sick I've ever been. And I was hospitalized once. Because, you don't remember? No. Oh my god, I had to go to the hospital because... Not with me, though. My, no, my okay. mom took me. My throat literally closed, and I couldn't eat. Oh, yeah, 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 I do remember yeah. that. So, um, I don't recommend that, but I wouldn't change anything because with my first boyfriend, I never had that type of experience because we were 11 when we started dating, so I never got the, like, summer love, young summer love situation before, and it was so fun. Yeah. You, like, drive to the beach late at night and sit and talk, and... You just sit in the car and sit and talk, and it's like, what the... F- we had so much to talk about. And I remember at that time, I was always... Uh, I'd never had a girlfriend before at this point, so I'd always be criticizing my friends who did have girls uh, to spend time with for, you know, like, being whipped and spending all this time with their with their girlfriends when they could be hanging out with the boys. And then Brianna came around, and I had no interest anymore in doing anything <laughs> else, um, <laughs> which was good and bad, of course. You used to, like stop by on the way to other people's houses even if it wasn't on the way and I'd like come out and say hi to you in the car and then you just like wouldn't end up going or like an hour would go by and they'd be like where the hell are you what are you doing stuck in traffic yeah <laughs> and, like 11, 11 o'clock, o'clock at night <laughs> <laughs> oh rush hour is crazy <sighs> so that's just a little reminiscing that was our first summer so what happened at the end of the summer you can tell everybody um at the end of the summer I think I just gave her the sort of ultimatum <laughs> it wasn't put in that way, but she had to decide whether or not she's going to sign up for a long distance, three years of college, possibly, relationship. So um, I took her out to the restaurant that she worked at for a quick little dinner. And then we went to the beach um, at night. We laid out our little towels and we stayed up talking till six. It was late. Seven? The sun came up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, I asked her to be my girlfriend. I think I waited until the end. The end, because oh I was God. very nervous about what. Did we you think say. I might say no? I, I don't, don't really remember I, this. That I was well. just a little shaken up by the whole thing, just yeah. in general. I was like, because we talked about it before, and you, mm-hmm. and you know, there was no. Yeah, well, I distinctly remember talking about it with like friends, and the thing that sticks in my mind is I always used to say like, I know that the logical thing is to not do this, but. I'm too happy to not. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I said that all the time. Because I, like, it was so crazy to jump into another relationship. For you after. especially. For me, it was about time. But for you, it was, like, from 11 to... 19? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you needed a minute, but... I didn't. I, didn't I never really, got that minute I didn't today. give you a minute no. at all. <laughs> um, so I said yes. Um, and then we went to school, literally, like, the next day. Which ended up really sucking, because we left right for school after and every year after that school still came either the day of our anniversary or like right after and you became an RA and that was super inconvenient because you have to go early and like it ended up being hard but now it's fine. I think the first year I drove back Mm -hmm. just to spend a night at the beach and then Mm -hmm. go back to school the next day in time for training. Young love. 
Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I think that's all I wanted to say about the summer part. Good times. Yeah, the best best times. Yeah. For sure. Honestly. (laughs) And then the next summer, we just, it didn't feel the same because we had been together for like almost a year now and it wasn't particularly an easy year and I remember distinctly like expecting it to feel the same way and it just didn't and we were like so should we break up and it's like no like (laughs) it's just not you don't get that more than once the honeymoon phase is a real thing and like you just you're gonna you want to sleep like it's so we think about that now we're such tired people Mm -hmm. that we think about how we manage to like never sleep for months and months and it's just so crazy yeah because the build-up to you know the relationship was such a long, it was such a long time coming at sure. least for me um and for her it was such a new experience that to try to match that you know those first three months is it just set the bar very very high for what it you know what a relationship could be mm-hmm. um but yeah that that's an impossible sort of uh place to stay at yeah, yeah, yeah. and we wanted that we wanted it to stay that well, way of course it felt awesome yeah like every single time you hung you hang out it's like a rush it's like Mm -hmm. discovering something new about someone and like obviously that goes away yeah now if we ever find something that we never told the other person it feels like a huge deal (laughs) oh my god i don't think you even knew that about me this is crazy you know (laughs) so we go into sophomore year of college and we went to different colleges i think that's really important so that's you know where the long distance comes in mm-hmm. we went to school two and a half hours away from each other and I had a car on campus and he did not so that made visiting a little bit hard um because you know you want your boyfriend to come to your school too to meet your friends and go out at your places and all of that and so that made things pretty difficult mm-hmm. but I would say that I was not prepared for long distance one, because we spent three months seeing each other every single day. Oh, that was something I wanted to say, but I forgot. When we first started hanging out in the summer, way before we ever dated, like officially dated, I remember you were being so respectful and you were like, I totally understand that you just got out of a relationship. Like, I would just, I can't even say it without laughing. I would just love the opportunity to hang out with you like once a week. Like, I'd just love to see you once a week. And I was like, yeah, like, that's totally reasonable. <laughs> and then, like, you know, days later, it just, it became an everyday affair. Like, quick. Really quick. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, every week. Like, every weekend we can hang out. And it just didn't go down that way at all. No. Well, it's like, why torture yourself? Yeah. For the sake of it. Well, know? that was the whole thing. And the same with, you know, saying yes or no when you ask me out. It's like, I'd be saying no just because that would be the quote-unquote right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But for who? For what? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that's why I was like, yeah, I guess we're just going to do this. But, you know, it, it definitely was hard because I was still getting over my previous relationship. And um, it hit me really hard once I got to school in a way that it hadn't over the summer because you were gone. And the constant adrenaline of discovering this new person was gone. Um, and so I just have so many dark memories of being in my room sophomore year and just like not even knowing what to do with myself because out of nowhere this wave of I know it feels aggressive but grief like would wash over me at night because you weren't around to make me laugh and tell me things about yourself and and hang out and so I was just forced to kind of like deal with all these things that I didn't realize were going to come back and get me but it was because I was alone um and so that took months to deal with and 
because you had not a lot of experience with relationships at all. That was really hard for you, too. And I feel like jealousy came into play with that. And, you know, sometimes you were insecure about the relationship and thought because I was sad about my ex-boyfriend that maybe I would, like, want to go back to him. And that caused a lot of tension between us for a long time. Yeah. Very rocky way to start a relationship. Yeah. You know, after the, the, the summer was perfect, but afterward it was... That's when know, real life started. Yeah, distance plus, you know, you being having just gotten out of a relationship was very uh, rough at first. It was like we had blindfolds on that whole summer. Yeah. Like, we couldn't see anything bad. We couldn't see anything that was real life. We just worked our jobs and went to the beach and had fun and drank with our friends. And, like, it was so fun. And then, boom, we're apart. I'm alone in my bed. Like, what's going on? Like, mm. and, and it was just, it was really hard. Now we're seeing each other, like, twice a month if we could. And it just, it was not the same vibe. Mostly Brianna driving to me, which is very sweet of her. <laughs> I took the occasional Greyhound, or is it the Greyhound? No, Peter no, Peter Pan. Pan. Peter mm-hmm. Pan. Took the occasional Peter Pan down to UNH, or borrowed people's <laughs> up, cars. Up, up to up, UNH. Up, or borrowed people's cars, but um, yeah, we made, I'm surprised sometimes that we made that work, because it, it's, it's hard. The long distance thing is tough. Um, took us a long time to get good at it. Yeah. I, I, I'd say it took us to like... The end of senior year. Yeah. To, to oh, have, yeah, the very end. To have gotten the hang of it. And uh, good thing, you know? <laughs> I know. I think that, you know, the, the being in a relationship for so long thing made the distance even harder because I had a lot of codependency issues that I wasn't fully aware of, I don't think, until I was out of my first relationship, slash met with someone who had the opposite of codependency issues had never been with anybody in a real way and so that was a totally totally mismatched situation and that caused a lot of problems for a really long time yeah yeah i think a good chunk of the beginning of our relationship was spent noticing how different we were in Mm. so many ways that we didn't notice in the summer with the blindfold on yeah because nothing yeah nothing mattered in the summer and then you're apart and you know how often do you want to talk and how it was it was just this whole discovery process of like oh like now that the fun part is like you know in the not behind us like we were having fun of course every time we visited one another but there was so much downtime uh of like how do we function in this relationship right and for me how do how do i function in a relationship period not knowing anything um at all so i was i was very intense i think in the beginning that's the word that I think Diana used yes. to, to describe me. <laughs> She's going to laugh. Uh, yeah. yeah. She always... I don't know that she was saying it at the beginning, like when we first started dating, but like somewhat early on, she was like, I just feel like he's really intense. <laughs> <laughs> and things were super intense. Like, I don't feel that way about you now at all. But, you know, back then, our relationship was so highs and lows, just constantly. Like a chart... If there was a chart, it was just like up and down and up and down and you know I think that there's some value to that when you're young it's fun it's exciting but god (laughs) those lows were so goddamn low we could spend an entire weekend just like in bed having a blast after you know a long two weeks of not seeing each other and then the weekend ends with us pulled over on the highway with a police officer yelling at us because Brianna's crying and he thinks that I'm attacking her um (laughs) That's a true story, folks. Oh, boy. He was not attacking me. I think that's important. I do think that that is a good example of the high and low. Like, on the side of the... Like, 
the highs are like at a tailgate, so in love, having so much college fun, drinking, hanging out, holding hands, and the lows are literally sobbing on the side of a highway. Like, it just, we're not making that up. But it's never boring. It was never boring. And now it's a little boring in the best <laughs> way. I'm loving how boring it can be sometimes. <laughs> you can't think about anything else when it's not when it's like that. Yeah. You know, the, my whole life was the relationship and the relationship was intense. You were yes. intense, the relationship was intense. Yeah. So for better or worse. Yeah. No. So let's get into this codependency thing. So our main issues when we were in college were I didn't know how to be alone. I want to talk all the time. I didn't know how to deal with my sadness from the previous relationship. I didn't feel like I could talk to you about it because that's weird and because you weren't responding super well to it at the time. And I just remember, like, being on FaceTime in the hallway crying all the time, like, late at night where my other roommates were sleeping. And, like, if that's you right now, I see you. And it gets better. (laughs) But it just was so rough. Like, oh, it was just so rough. And, And I think that you not having much experience with emotions in general, your family isn't super talkative about emotion and, you know, your mom's a tough woman and isn't, you know, talking about all these emotions and I was brought up so sensitive and make sure you say that in a way that doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. And again, we're going to say this so many times, but like complete opposite ends of the spectrum on this in terms of sensitivity about how you go about saying things like you guys are so blunt with each other even now like when we were first starting to date and I was like comfortable being at your house the way that you talk to your mom I was like what is going on here why is he such a dick and there's like that whole saying about the way that men treat their moms is like an indication of how they'll they'll treat their wife and you're like mom what's up with the laundry and I'm like oh hell no I'm not doing this but you can explain why that's okay yeah, I mean, my mom and I have the best relationship. Like, I, I wouldn't uh, change it for anything. And we are just very blunt with one another. Like you said, that's just a cultural thing. I mean, I, I have this conversation with my cousins who have similar issues in their relationships where they're What's just... What's your culture? I'm Greek. Um, and we just don't do the sugarcoating, the fluff, the let me make sure that I say this, you know, the right way. The please? It's We don't say please hardly ever. Oh it's just God. like, it, it's unnecessary. And, you know, in our language, in our <laughs> culture. And then you come here and you meet somebody like Brianna and you you have to learn this whole new way of existing and conversing and expressing yourself. And I think five and a half years later, I'm almost there. Yeah, we're doing good. He thinks <laughs> you know? that I overuse please and thank you, but that's just how I was brought up. <laughs> it's better, but but it's difficult for me sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, to like I, I'll talk to my family in a certain way and like you'll still be like oh my god like or I'll get a text from my mom and I'm she'll, like is she mad <laughs> she'll, and I'm like no she's just telling me like this is it this is this is what needs to be said so that actually caused we could laugh but it caused a lot of issues because I constantly thought that he like wasn't being sensitive and sometimes you just weren't sometimes you didn't know how to handle my emotions but that's I think one of the biggest things that we've had to work through you know, what did we do about it at the time? I would say nothing for a while. Like, I don't even think we had the knowledge or the language to describe what the problems were. Like, now we can be like, well, it's because I was brought up like this, and you're brought up like that, and I needed this from you, and you didn't know how to give it. Like, we did not have 
no. that understanding at that time. My at take all. on it was just you need to relax, pretty much for yeah a long time. Um, Which I, doesn't make a sad person feel very good. No, does it? <laughs> no, no, no. But but that that is how I handled it. Um, like I said, this was my first relationship, so my go to when she was feeling upset about something I didn't think was a big deal was you know you're overreacting you are making a big deal out of nothing you uh, need to relax and calm down and this and that and it never worked I kept trying but it never never worked no um I think eventually we came around to realizing why that wasn't okay yeah Uh, and sort of letting letting her be sad um even though Feelings are valid. <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes I get upset about something that she would never in a million years get upset about. And she uh, was always good about saying, you know, I don't think I understand, but I still respect that you're upset. And that, to me, signaled like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I wouldn't get upset about what she's upset about doesn't mean that she shouldn't be upset. Right. You know, because we respond to things differently. And like, we're going to get into communication and, like, certain things that might seem lame but are really important and have really helped our relationship. This is one of them. Like, even now, things that upset you, I'm like, I have to say to myself, this is his reality. Like, I think this is ridiculous and we could just move on from it. Because you can feel that way about somebody's emotion or reaction to something. But what the important second step that people often miss is this is their reality and they're upset about this and how what can I do to help? And now we're both very good at handling things in that way, which makes things so much smoother. He's nodding. He's like, they can't see you nod. No, I know, but they can feel it. They can feel it. So (laughs) these problems were big enough even junior year. So junior year, things are still a little rocky, and we're looking to study abroad. So fall semester of junior year, you have to fill out all this friggin' paperwork and get ready to study abroad so you know what's coming. So we both did it. Diana did it. All our friends were doing it. Everybody was just like, let's go to Europe. So that was happening and we were preparing and things were still a little rocky. And I think for similar reasons, like when we say it took a long time to figure out what was wrong and how to fix it, like now we can say it like it ain't no thing, but like it was so hard. And so uh, Demetri decided to break up with me, folks. And that's where the story ends. (laughs) We're just friends now. <laughs> we just live together as friends, platonically. Yeah. Um, tell us why you felt like that was the right decision at the time. I think, you know, obviously going abroad is a very big part, a bit very big decision. Um, and I had so much anxiety over going to Spain and, you know, being stuck on my phone all day, texting Brianna, making sure that, you know, we're still feeling good about our relationship, which wasn't even, you know going amazingly well at the time in Massachusetts, you know? So with all the um, anticipation of going abroad, I was just thinking, you know, we we can't do this um, over there, seeing each other once a month, if that, and, you know, always worrying what the other person is, is up to and, yeah. like, if they're okay. Like, it's better to just, like, clean break and go do your thing and then we'll see what happens when we come back. So you pretty much broke up with me out of the fear that we might break up abroad and that would be worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I pretty much had accepted that we were going to, you know, get into a big fight and break up abroad before I broke up with you. I was like, this is what's going to happen. You know, if it's rocky now, it's going to be miserable over there. I don't want, you know, that experience to be tainted by 
fighting and, and sitting on the phone talking and arguing. Yeah. Um, so I said, no thanks. <laughs> so we were broken up for like a week, if that. And my crazy ass, this is going to make me look nuts, but it's the truth, so whatever. Got in my car, didn't tell Diana about it. <laughs> Get in the car, drive to UMass. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> so crazy and showed up at his door of his dorm and he opened the door and he's like uh and I was like I think you're making a mistake bro like this isn't how we should handle this and at first he stuck with it and I was like all right I'm just gonna leave then because I had two and a half hours to think this through and I was like if he says no and wants to stick with it that's fine I just want to have pled my case and I'll just leave and I'll turn back around um and originally he was like, yeah, I, I still think it's what's best for us. Like, maybe we can reevaluate when we get back, which I had no interest in. I was like, it's, it's yes or no. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave. And then slowly you're like, I don't know, maybe you're right. And, like, it just, <laughs> and then we got back together, which people like weren't stoked about. So it's a pattern. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pattern. So we got back together. Then we go abroad. I was living in England. You were living in Spain. And... It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> um, we decided to try being in an open relationship for this period of our lives because basically there's two main factors. One is that, as I've already said, I was in a relationship forever, so I never got to, like, date or see what it was like to, like, meet someone new and all of that stuff. And we are legal to drink over there and we are going to be going out and whatever, so... Our biggest fear was to to not do certain things and then resent the other person for, like, missing out on the full experience. One thing I want to say about this is if anybody is in a situation where they're making a relationship decision that it goes against the norm, um, try not to let how people feel about it affect you too much. Most of the time, people have your best interest at heart, and it's just people that care about you, but... Um, you know, I had a lot of backlash or confusion when I told people like, oh, well, we're going to be in an open relationship while we're over there. Like people did not get it. Why are you going to do that? That seems crazy. This is never going to work. And, you know, people were just worried about me that I would get hurt. But, you know, we had talked long and hard about it and we were just like more open about this type of thing. And so we were like, let's just try it. It didn't last very long. I was like, actually, fuck this. I'm all set. (laughs) We're not, we're not going to do this. Um, we were talking pretty regularly. Like we, yeah. we, we intended to not, you know, be in regular contact and that just didn't last. It didn't work. At all. Yeah. I mean, what I learned about that was you have to be secure enough to begin with for an open relationship to work, which isn't a hot take. Anything you'd ever see or hear about an open relationship would tell you you have to be fully secure in your own relationship before you can be doing that, which at the time I wasn't. Um, which was a good learning experience in and of itself. Like, I'd be out at a club in London and be like, I just want to know what Dimitri's doing and, like, what if he's with someone and all that, and that just didn't end up being healthy. So we called it quits. Anytime you do anything like that, just make sure that the it's always amendable and you could say, hey, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm not comfortable with this anymore. And, and you were super responsive to that, and you're like, I'm not stoked about this either, so that's fine. Um, so we ended up only doing that for a short time, but... The biggest thing that I wanted to talk about for the abroad period is that was the first step out of two of me unlearning my codependency and a lot of my big inner work and self-growth and all that stuff that I was doing. I was in a, like, five by five. I mean, I'm five feet, so obviously that's an exaggeration, but, like, maybe ten by seven (laughs) little, little shoebox room. 
so tiny. And um, I was pretty miserable. I say it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Like, I had so much fun, and I saw all these different countries, and all my friends were brought, and it was so great. But anytime I was in that little room, it was it was not good, and, and I had to deal with that, and nobody that I was close enough to was around for me to talk to about it, and I just had to, like, sit with that and try to figure out how can I make myself feel better, and I started running, and I could fit a yoga mat exactly on the floor between the little desk and the little bed, and so I started doing yoga, and, and I really had to figure out, like, well, what are my hobbies? What do I enjoy doing? Which sounds crazy now that I'm looking back on it, but I genuinely, like, didn't have a need for figuring those things out. Not to say I had no hobbies, but it was like, okay, you have all this free time now alone. What are you going to do with it? And so that was when I, what I like to call, laid the foundation of becoming a full independent person, which was super important for our relationship. Yeah, that was definitely big for you, I think. For everybody who went abroad, I think we can all uh, agree that there was just this excess amount of free time that um, you had to sort of figure out how to fill and a lot of people you know myself included just drank and partied a ton <laughs> but um, you know in the in the moments that you weren't doing that you had to figure out like who, who am I mm-hmm. like what what are my interests because I, you know for me I had always since I was like 13 I'd always had a job I never had free time it was either school work or basketball yeah and then going or abroad friends. or friends yeah and then going abroad you just you're in this room and you have three classes instead of five and they're all jokes that you're going to pass whether you show up or not and sorry to people who didn't have that experience yeah some I, people actually had to do school yeah no I did, we I, did not. I did very little <laughs> um and I, you just have to figure out like what what you're about yeah and um as a single person you're doing that to some extent um which is you know it wasn't as transformative for me as it was for Brianna because her free time you know, she was so busy in high school with all these extracurriculars, but also a boyfriend. And then in college, same thing. Yeah. Um, but this this was a whole new ball game, and I think whole new I think game. you did a really great job at the you know all things considered at the Thank end of you. that period of time, you came out very strong. Like by senior year, you knew exactly what you were doing, and you knew what how you wanted to spend your time. My smoothie game was strong. Your smoothie game was <laughs> spectacular. Smoothies were a hobby for me. Like that, that was like the biggest, I think, like uh, shift in terms of fitness for you, I feel. Yeah. You were running like seven miles a day. I, no. <laughs> no. You ran, you ran seven miles. like a, One time, yeah. Okay, and then six. That's the and then highest. it was six. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. So like, you ran six miles like a, a few times. Yeah. In like a span of like a week or two. Mm-hmm. And oh, you're was, talking about senior year now? No, no, no. Or it, in England. In England. Yeah. You were running those like really long miles mm-hmm. through the park. And then that was like the most fit you've ever been, I feel, Yeah. up until that point. And then you came back and you were just ready senior yeah. year. Like fitness became a huge part of your identity. Yeah, so jumping right from abroad to senior year, um, abroad had our problems together too. And then we got home for the summer and things were okay. Well, hold on. What? There was also some really great stuff. Abroad. What? Oh yeah. Yeah. I it just... was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> gotcha. I'll say it again. Gotcha. I just I, I was thinking we only talked about the like you know the open relationship. It was hard. We discovered ourselves. Like we also went to Paris and that was unbelievable. Yeah. Like okay. we went. To, I, I'm glazing over the good we stuff. We spent right. you know we spent Valentine's Day in Paris slash Barcelona. Like her, her birthday was a week of activities in oh. in uh, Barcelona. Shout out you. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. He planned a whole 
week pretty much, but then really planned a whole day on my birthday and uh, carried balloons and a cake with a broken arm down the streets of Barcelona. So he gets a medal for that one for sure. That's the only reason I wanted to include that part. That's what I wanted. I wanted the pat on the back. Oh, well, there it is. All right, we can move on now. Okay. <laughs> no, it really was amazing and, and it um, changed the course of our lives. Like, deciding how much we love travel and realizing what was out there and it changed my perspective on a lot of things that we're not necessarily going to talk about right now but like how other people live and you know I was such a busybody and you know a lot of Americans are go 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 and how can I fill my calendar and all that crazy stuff and a lot of European countries it's just not like that they enjoy their coffee outside for three friggin hours and chill the fuck out and we're not really doing much of that so I was like whoa um which I know is cliche and very abroad but it's really what happened to me so (laughs) but yeah a lot of good things and before we even came home um from abroad I knew that I wanted to move back there and spoiler alert we actually did um which we'll get to but yeah, I knew that we I wanted to, and you were on the fence at the time. You were like, I don't know if we're going to do that. Um, but we ended up doing it, and I, I just knew that England, there was more to offer than England. No offense to England, but <laughs> uh, Barcelona has palm trees and beaches, and that's where I wanted to be. So. England, if you're listening. You England. <laughs> you had some good stuff, too, but the weather. It's just too <laughs> rainy for my taste, but okay. So now that we covered the good things, too, and you got the pat on the back for planning my birthday, thanks again, um, we came home and there were still some issues. One of our biggest blowout fights was when we were abroad in the parking lot of my dorm. We were just, like, screaming at each other, which is not usually our vibe. We're not the type of fighters that yell at each other, but we were drunk and we were yelling, and um, the security guard had to, like, come over and be like, is everything okay over here? That wasn't good. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we survived, and so we came home, and things were good for a while, and then um, we had, like, a pretty normal fight, and then had this feeling of just, like, defeat, like, I think we have to just chill with this, like, I don't think we can keep moving forward like this, and that was in July, and we have this weird thing that, again, happens, there's a lot of pattern that I'm happy to say we've broken the the pattern of, Um, we were together for a month knowing that we were going to be broken up when we went back to school, which we've done more than one time. And it's very weird. So if anybody has ever known of anyone in that situation or been in that situation themselves, please let me know. Because as far (laughs) as I know, we're the only people on earth that break up prematurely and then spend a month acting like nothing's wrong. It's very strange. Well, it was a matter of like, I love you. I love spending time with you. But I don't think this is going to like, I don't think I'm going to marry you. Yeah. So like, why not enjoy the next you know, 30 days Yeah. without the pressure of, like, is this the forever relationship? We just had a lot of problems at that time. And I'll I'll interject here. To be fair, I feel like a lot of our problems was just me not knowing how to talk about things. Okay. Um, (laughs) Period. Yeah. Like, I, um, when I was thinking about doing this podcast and I was thinking about how we would have these blowout fights so often uh, back then. You know, not as bad as the one in England, but we we would just kind of things would build up and then we'd explode and then we'd fix things and then we'd be good for another couple months and then things would explode again. And a big reason for that was that I'd I'd sort of anything that was upsetting me or, you know, anything I had um, concerns about in our relationship, instead of talking it out, I would just hold it in and get bitter and resentful and angry and then 
when the opportunity would arise, I would just snap. Unleash. Yes. <laughs> that was the uh, intense portion. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, I don't think I learned how to sort of nip things in the bud until September of this, of this past year. Yeah. Like, what was that? Six months ago? Yeah. Roughly. Exactly six months. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe like, you know, maybe a little before that, but sure. Recent. It, it has not been a full year since I learned how to be in a relationship. Okay. That's dramatic. But like effectively. Sure. <laughs> or communicate effectively. Sure. Yeah. Communicate you know? effectively. Cause yeah. that, yeah. Which is, you know, which is what, what being in a relationship is. is. Like sure. I, I've been improving slowly, but um, I don't think I ever hit the acceptable mark <laughs> until this past year. I think you're being year. a little harsh, but sure. Sure, but the, the calm that we've experienced in the last, like, six months is, I think, a direct result of that yeah. transition. That was one of the things we wanted to touch on, too, is, you know, relationships are made out of, you know, two people, and, and people don't grow at the same rate, especially when you're 19, 20, 21, 22, like scientifically women are supposed to mature faster than men anyway and so you know I did a lot of my growth in 2017 and 2018 and then you did most of your deep serious work in 2019 2020 you know Mm -hmm. so it's like totally different times um which is hard too because there was definitely a period where I was like I'm better now figure it out you know because I felt like those main issues that I was bringing to the table had sort of been resolved and I felt like yours weren't. And so I was like, what am I supposed to do now? And things don't always happen linearly. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> linearly. Dan- Daniel Caesar. It doesn't feel like a word. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I did, I reached my acceptable mark as we're calling it um, earlier on and that was kind of hard too. But now we're both here. Seven year head start. (laughs) Now we're both here and it rocks. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like we we couldn't have done this podcast last year effectively. Yeah. I I guess you're right. We would have talked about a lot of our problems sort of in the present tense. And not to say we don't have problems anymore, but a lot of them feel like normal, manageable. Because everyone has problems. Relationship problems. Not like. Catastrophic. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Um, So. I know we're skipping a lot of sections of our relationship, but basically, so we talked about senior year a little, or did we? No. So that summer we broke, we knew we were going to break up for a month before we actually did it. So we start senior year broken up for like two months. We wanted to do a whole semester. Didn't work out that way. Um, And that was when I, what I like to call built the house. So I laid the foundation junior spring semester abroad and then I built the house of independence senior year first semester and it was really important and even now it's it's really important these little moments of being broken up where I evolved into a person without a relationship without being attached to another person um so that was the second time I guess that we had done that and I think that that was a time where you learned some pretty important things about yourself too they needed to be reinforced yeah. Uh, later on, sure. but I, I did, I did. I got a, I got a taste of, you know, what being single is like, and you know, a lot of illusions I had about what was holding me back, uh, sort of went away temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that you know, I had all this free time that we weren't spending facetiming, and like I didn't have to worry about being a great boyfriend. So now I could do all the things that I, you know, want to do. I can go to the gym and I can 
read all these books and I can do do everything and mm-hmm. then I didn't and I was like oh so Brianna maybe isn't the problem yeah I think subconsciously you felt like because you had a girlfriend like not me in particular but just being in a relationship yeah. you didn't have time for the other things you wanted to do then the relationship was gone and you still weren't being as productive as you wanted to be and so you're like oh shit yeah. I guess I was wrong. Yeah. And which then, I, just and then is, I needed a refresher. Yeah, which is just carbon copied two years later when we live in Spain the second time. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. So, you know, you have to introduce a food to a baby three times before they <laughs> like it. So I'm a little insulted by that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You can't say that's not a good that's analogy. Funny. That's very funny. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> So senior year, broken up, back together. Spring semester senior year was peak. It was my peak as a human. And at the time, it was our peak in our relationship, too. We finally started to get good at being long distance, right when it was the end of it. I remember laughing about that all the time, but we were, like, actually pretty mad. Like, great, we finally locked in this skill, and we have a month left of it. I think the the thing that I um, recall is the fight about you moving to the vineyard. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, when we got back together, uh, first semester of senior year, you were, like, thinking about, you mentioned it offhand, like, maybe working in Martha's Vineyard for, for the summer. Mm-hmm. And we would be, dis- like, long distance for another three months. And I was like, are you serious? Like, you want more of this shit? <laughs> and then, you know, by the end of, towards the end of senior year, you wanted, you, you know, that became a, a real opportunity for you mm-hmm. and I was like and you were afraid to bring it up to me I yes. think and I was like oh yeah babe go for it <laughs> and you were like what and I just we had gotten to a point where distance was manageable finally yeah it was comfortable and I was like yeah another three months like of this like of course literally took three years three school years yeah. to figure it out um but shout out therapy because that's <laughs> I started therapy senior year of college, and that was one of the things I remember talking about is, like, how do I bring this up, and how do I, you know, um, talk through the idea of having to do distance for longer, and you took it well the second time, because we were good at it, and that was a good time. I lived in Martha's Vineyard for three or four months after we graduated, and we were so good at distance. We weren't even sad. We were just, like, killing it. You came to visit. All was good. We had fun. We were both busy. Like, it was fine. So that was a good thing. I loved that. Yeah. We finally figured it out. (laughs) Just in time. Just in time. I just wanted to use the skills that we had acquired. I was like, how can I move away so that these skills were not for nothing? (laughs) Um, but that was a, that was a good chunk. Our, like, it's so crazy. Our relationship is just broken down into these chunks and they were like, good, bad, good, bad, like distance, not distance. And so after the vineyard, I moved home. America, not America. America, not America. I moved back home and that was a bad chunk. Um, and I was just dealing with my own shit. I hated my job. This was, um, just after Martha's Vineyard for the record. Just so we're on the same timeline here. It was... We graduated, she went to the vineyard for the summer, came back... October. In October, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then we had the period from October to April where we were working... I was working in a restaurant. We both were. We were serving. Serving and saving all our money to move abroad again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. I feel like I'm assuming people know too much, so thank you for talking me down there. Um, So now we're home. We're both living at our parents' houses separately, but we're from the same hometown, so it's not like it was far away. And 
shit got really hard again. Um, I was not doing well, hated my job. That was a huge part of it, but I also distinctly remember, like, not feeling prioritized at that time. So that was a new problem. So before it was, like, emotions and distance and all this, and then I felt like this new problem came up where I didn't feel like you were prioritizing the relationship anymore. And that caused a whole new host of, of fights and everything that we had to work through on the cusp of moving to a different country together. So I'm working a job I hate to save all this money to move to a country with a boyfriend who I feel like wasn't prioritizing me. So that was a really good space to be in, too. Which to me, you know, my, it was like we had just spent all this time apart. And then no matter how much time we're spending together, it's much more than we've been spending for the last three and a half years. So I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, what what prioritizing you looked like sure. at the time. We had very different ideas of, like, what that balance would be. Yeah. How often we have sleepovers and mm-hmm. how often we hang out and how often we talk and all this stuff. And yeah. it just feels so young. It does feel very hindsight. young. In hindsight. Now, we live together now, obviously. This, there's no issue of, like, balancing the time Yeah. in, in that same way, at yeah. least. Um, Yeah, very weird. Very weird time. Very weird time. So one thing I wanted to say about this time in particular is if you're not happy, don't be shy about that. I think that people fall into this trap where they're not happy in their relationship and they don't say anything. And that just is literally never going to get you into a better spot. Um, And so we had a really, really difficult conversation. Um, I sat him down. I was like, I have to tell you something. And I just was crying for 30 minutes before I even said anything because it, it felt that heavy and he just was getting more and more scared like what do you have to say like what's going on like you must have been thinking that I was like I don't want to move anymore or like mm. something crazy and eventually I just like oh I like get so upset even now thinking about it I just was like I'm not happy and I had to say that and like you weren't surprised and you weren't that happy either because chances are if one person's really really not happy in the relationship the other person's probably not that happy either Um, and so we had to have an honest conversation about that. And now we do check-ins and honest conversations all the time. But at the time, I don't feel like we were talking about us and our issues as often as we do now. So it felt bigger. And I think the results were bigger too. Yeah. And unfortunately, even that, those conversations didn't go where they needed to go. Um, we sort of came to the conclusion that we were working a lot and had a lot of family stuff we were dealing with. And that was um, taking away from, you know, how much we could focus on us. Yeah. Transitioning from being long distance to this new sort of way of being together. And I think we just decided, like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll go to Spain and then we'll be able to focus on our relationship and we'll figure it out there. Yeah, I think often we just pushed our problems into the future. Like, oh, that won't happen once this. That won't happen once this. And... I actually haven't thought about that in a long time, but, like, when we were long distance at school and we were fighting over how often we wanted to text or FaceTime or whatever, it was like, well, once we both are home, we won't have that problem anymore. And we believed that because it seemed logical. But then we're both at our parents' house, and instead of fighting over FaceTiming, we're fighting because you said you would sleep over and now you're not coming. And it's like, these problems still existed. They just, like, came out in different ways, and so we fell into that trap again and we were like oh it's because of the fact that we're living at different houses and I'm so stressed out because I feel like I live out of my car because I always have a bag with me and that's causing stress and all these different things and I think we were like oh once we're in Spain and don't have those problems everything will be perfect 
And spoiler alert, that's not what happened. No. So here we go to uh, breakup number three. <laughs> um, it's okay to break up. <laughs> Central theme. We've been talking so much about the bad stuff. I just want to pause for a second and, you know, point out that our five-year relationship has not been all bad until six months ago. Right. <laughs> there's been there's obviously been a lot of ups and downs and, and issues that were sort of reoccurring, but... Um, we're mainly focusing on the bad stuff, I think, because that's the most useful to people, yeah, like the I think, most interesting. <laughs> I think that um, people fall into this trap with friends, too. Like, you know, it seems like your relationship's so bad because you don't often tell your friends the good stuff. Oh, he did the nicest thing the other day. Like, I don't feel like we do that as often. And with this, I think it's a mix of that and, like, wanting to, like you said, be useful. And other people listening that might be in any number of these different scenarios we've talked about and being able to maybe shed some light on that. So, yes, I do think maybe we should spend a moment on some of the good stuff. I, I think nobody... I don't think anybody wants to hear people brag about, like, the the best parts of the... It's weird, but you know, I can sit here and be like, yeah, here's the highlights of Spain, you know? Like, we, we were rode around Santorini in our ATV and we went to a, a wine fight on the mountains in, in uh, Spain and... We went to Cinque Terre. Like we did all these cool things and had a really fun time. It's sort of the down times when you have the fights and like the disagreements. But, you know, it was a great experience. We had some really amazing times throughout our entire relationship. Um, yeah, I don't know. Alongside like- the issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. If people are interested in a travel episode, we can cover all these places that we went. And Am I a regular now? Sure. <laughs> and where to get an ATP and surgery and all those things and how to move abroad. But if there's interest in that, that could be a future thing. But this was more relationships as a whole and learning and growing. Yeah. But The good parts of a relationship, don't you don't need advice or right. help or yeah. insight on. Right. It's like it's all the same. Every, every relationship, you know, the good parts are the good parts. You don't mm-hmm. need to work towards them. But I do think it was important to disclaim. We've yeah. had a lot of good moments in between these. Cause we're like, we so then we broke up, and then we broke up, <laughs> we wouldn't and then we be, broke up. We wouldn't be here um, this many years later um, if there wasn't enough good to want to, you know, stick through it. Yeah. And there definitely has been. Yeah. But plenty of, plenty of the other stuff, too, that, you know, thankfully has led to a lot of growth uh, in both of us as individuals and in our relationship. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't take back any of the breakups. I think they all came with uh, really important lessons and uh, insight into ourselves and what we need to do to grow. As you've mentioned, like your big growth period was like abroad and then senior year of um, college, and then mine was pretty much Spain and beyond. Yeah. Um, not Spain studying abroad, but Spain when we moved back. Um, definitely a lot. A lot there for me. It's been a long year, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're in Spain. Um, we saved up. I think up. we should just give the timeline on that again. I feel like sure. it's confusing yeah. again. Um, we, so we, you came back from the vineyard in October of 2018. Of 2018, and then April of 2019, we packed our bags, went to Barcelona, um, with the intention of staying for like up to a year. Yeah. I think. Um, I think it we, was nine months at yeah, that time. We, but again, unfortunately, we kind of butted heads uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, how we wanted to spend our time, how much of it we wanted to be productive versus relaxing. And yeah. um, 
and again, a lot of the issues that we sort of kept pushing off and said, you know, when we're here, then this won't be a problem anymore. Um, Those issues came back up again. And instead of having those conversations to the end, we just sort of uh, gave up. I mean, I think it was the 4th of July. We went out um, and I was just a dick to you. And um, we got back to the apartment and we were just like, hmm. Guess that's all. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't even have to say it. It was like, because I'm not a generally not mean, right? I right. mean, I feel like I'm not a mean guy. No. Um, so when I when I do get to that point, it, it, it was just sort of like, a, okay, like, time to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't like that. I was, that was coming out of me. You certainly didn't like being on the receiving end of it. No. Um, I didn't, like, do anything <laughs> crazy. I don't want to, like, like, alluding to, to something. But it, I was just rude, very rude and mean and inconsiderate. We decided that um, I was going to stay because I think I had a little more money at that time and I could just afford to do so. Um, and you went home like a month later, which again, <laughs> a month of being together, knowing that we weren't together anymore. This one felt worse than the first time though because I think part of us really thought that that was it permanently. Because why would I fly home alone if it wasn't? If it was just to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it felt a little more intense. Yeah. Yeah. And... But we had some good times. <laughs> we did. No, we really did. And again, not a period of time I would take back. Like, when I think about us at 25 now having that much money, like, that's a down payment on a, on a condo. Like, that's... Yeah. That's a lot. And... Go ahead. I think that you've come to terms with it a little bit more than I have. Like, I'm still pretty pissed that we didn't get what I felt like we deserved. Mm-hmm. This, like, because of all the struggle we've been talking about, right? We were already together for four years, four years almost when we moved and distance and struggle and all this. Like, we, in my opinion, not that anybody deserves anything, but I thought we deserved to, like, enjoy it and just like be on vacation for five six months because like we worked the really line. hard yeah. yeah yeah and like ah oh, we're good now and it just did not happen that way unfortunately mm-hmm. and so now we're just gonna have to move somewhere else <laughs> and <laughs> get that back yeah um and again me a lot of that was on me i can obviously uh acknowledge that i think um i had this idea of what spain was supposed to be uh it was a very unrealistic idea and then when Brianna left, I was, I was like, oh, well, now I can do everything. You know, I have, I don't have, I have nothing but time. You know, I have no obligations whatsoever. I'm going to, you know, go on these crazy adventures and I'm going to read every day and write every day and I'm going to exercise and do this and meet people. And like, it, it didn't go that, I mean, I still had a great time in those two months. I had friends come visit, my cousin visited, like, and I, I used the time relatively well but not nearly as well as I would have with Brie around um I just it was the same sort of thing we broke up over or one of the reasons uh earlier in college like this idea that you were holding me back Mm -hmm. uh, and that I could do so much more if I wasn't in a relationship Mm -hmm. you know and then yeah not me as a person yeah me just as a girlfriend Yeah, yeah yeah like I needed time you know my early 20s to be for me 
so I could become the person that I wanted to be. And, and like the idea that you were holding me back was like stripped away from me when you left. So for those two months, it was just Dimitri in Spain by himself, um, not being <laughs> the person that uh, he thought he could be. Yeah. And that was a huge moment in terms of life, obviously, like for me, but also when we eventually got back together in the United States, um, having finally stripped all of that pretense, like the yeah. idea that I could be a better version of me if you weren't around. Yeah. Um, that was huge to, to sort of get over that fantasy. Yeah. I'd love to have you get into like the more recent stuff and your big inner working that I keep talking about. Like mine was abroad in senior year of working out that codependence and I want to jump into what you feel like you've learned and how you've gotten there but first I just want to kind of touch on the highlights of what we've gone over so far and and what we kind of want to get across to people. So I mean basically with this our hope is just to you know have someone who might be in any of these situations not feel alone in it and and kind of show that it can be really, really hard and it can still work out. And I think that there's this notion out there that if you're with the right person, it's just supposed to fall into place. And I think that does happen for some people, but if it's a lot of work and it's really hard, especially if you're young, I don't think that means that that can't be your person. I think it just comes down to being willing to put the work in. And some people just aren't because it's been a lot of work to get to where we are now. But being seven or so months into really feeling like we've locked it in and and understand each other and are a better working unit, if you will, like, you can do it if if you decide that it's worth the effort. And that was something we actually would say to each other, like, I am willing to continue to push through this even though it's so hard because I want to be with you and, and I'm willing to put that time and effort in so that's one of the things I think we're trying to get across here yeah I think I was always a big believer in uh, if you break up once like you might as well call it quits because it's never gonna work mm-hmm. um, and you know looking back now I I believe that because I think there were so many examples of couples who would break up and then get back together and break up and get back together and like no you just knew that it wasn't gonna work yeah, and it sounds really toxic mm-hmm. on the outside, right? Like, yeah. oh, they just break up and get back together and break up and get back together. But at a young age, I don't think... I think you're breaking up because you have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. And I, not that we were, like... And it feels scary. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we were doing the same thing, but we just managed, I think, you know, knock on wood. Like, things feel great right now. Yeah. And I feel like we can talk about it in hindsight, in yeah. past tense. Yeah. Um, it feels like we very easily could have just given up after one of those breakups, um, after any one of them really, but because we didn't, because we got back together and sat and talked about, you know, why we broke up, what we learned from it, how to move forward. Hours of talking, like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, Mm -hmm. hypothetical situations, looking back on situations and unpacking them and so much talking. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I guess that's the message though, right? Is that if you're listening to this and you're feeling stuck in your relationship because things feel really hard and you're fighting a lot or the same issues keep popping up I feel like us talking about it maybe will give a little more clarity like are you willing to keep putting the work in or 
is it too hard and is it time to walk away from something? Because I'm a firm believer of just knowing. And that's why I drove to UMass sophomore year when, or junior year when you broke up with me. And I was like, listen, I know when it's time to give up and we're not there yet. Like, I believe that you just feel it. Because you've gone through it before. Yeah. Like, you knew what yeah. it was like to know that it was over. Right. Um, so that's yeah. one of the main messages I think we're trying to get across here. I think the other one is just, you know, oftentimes when we're in a fight or uh, even just not fighting and just talking, we'll wonder, like, what do other couples think about this? Right. Like, how do other couples deal with this kind of fight? Or, you know, it you never really get to know the intimate details of other people's relationships. Even if, like, it'd be so useful to be able to peek in yeah. and, and see what what normal is, I guess. Absolutely. We always wonder what is normal. Like, what is a normal amount of fighting and what is a normal amount of, you know... Um, Butting heads. Yeah. Like, what's a normal amount of anything? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> and it, it's hard for and There's no such thing, really, but... Sure, but I think when you're young, like we are, and you've been in one relationship for me and two for you, but, you know... One of them was your childhood. Yeah. Um, you don't know a lot. You haven't. You're not, we're not really experienced enough to know what um, relationships can look like. You kind of just know what you have, mm-hmm. and you have to work with that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you're listening, you get something out of it. It's strictly in terms of like satisfying curiosity. Yeah. Like what <laughs> you know, because what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so do you want to move into the current, the now? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, we got back from Spain. Um, well, you got back. Uh, yeah. There was a two-month window between me coming home and you coming home. Yeah, this one was a party animal over here. I was. Ripping it up in Florida. Living the Miami. single life. <laughs> Miami, NYC, just like <laughs> out there, out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I came back, I got a job. Um and my first job teaching, and then Brianna was, um, you know, hanging out. <laughs> I was hanging out. <laughs> not not in the workforce just yet, just enjoying. Um, so yeah, I um, I came back and we were still in contact, of course. Um, we never really stopped talking. <sighs> we did a little. Like a, but not for more than a month. We did. Okay, no. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah. we we never like completely cut ties like I remember talking to you in Spain multiple times yeah like I came back and there was I think we didn't talk between the day I got back and like I think you congratulated me about my job maybe mm-hmm. uh there was Thanksgiving and that was weird like holidays are obviously super weird when Terrible. you're recently broken up Terrible. and then I think by by New Year's um we had decided like we're we're not together but like we're gonna give this another go Unofficially. It feels crazy. People are like, are these bitches for real? Yeah. Like, if you don't know this story and you're listening, you're like, why? Yeah. Give it up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends felt the same way mm-hmm. at the time. <laughs> so, New Year's, that's January. And then by March, you know, things are pretty good. COVID hits. Um, well, I moved in in February. Yeah. yeah so, she... we moved in together in February. Mm-hmm. And then, so we're living together. It's been think, a year. Of yeah. us living together. Oh, wow. That's actually crazy. I know. Um, so, yeah, COVID hit, the lockdown happened, and that was a whole other chapter where um, I was working from home like three hours a day, um, and Brianna wasn't working at all, and she was making more money than me, and I was very bitter about Unemployment. it. Unemployment. <laughs> um, and I went into this, like, this stretch of 
I think it was a month of just insane productivity. Like I couldn't, I needed to keep myself busy. I didn't know what to do with all that time and like nowhere to expend my energy. So I made this list on a whiteboard, the list that gave me out of nightmares where it was like a list of 10 things I wanted to do every day. Like a habit tracker, but for psychos. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a little psychotic when I think back to it. Um, how I arranged my day around the, these items on this list. And, um, I was very, I did a very good job, you know, uh, I pretty much every day knocked at least eight things off the list, um, for a month. And by the end of that month, Brianna in her corner, she goes, excuse me, like, are you, (laughs) she just said, she tried to be patient and sort of understanding of what I was doing and uh, where I was at and what I needed. Uh, I think about a month in, she kind of snapped, not in an angry way, just in like a, hey, uh, I'm I'm, I'm over here. Um, And that was a pretty big wake up call to me because we had a long conversation about how I'd been spending my time for that month and um, I sort of had to reflect like, okay, I have been as you know productive, I hate that word when I say it, uh, as productive as I wanted to be in Spain. Like I got my you shit. You finally did it. Yeah, I this got my what shit you together. Envisioned when I left and you didn't do it and now you did it. Yeah, I was you know reading like for like an hour and a half a day. I was practicing my uh, Spanish every single day. I learned how to write in Greek. Uh, I know how to speak it, but I never. Uh, learned how to write it. So that was a cool thing. Um, I was, you know, meditating and journaling and I started growing a garden and I spent like three hours a day out there just drinking my Coronas and listening to my Greek music. Okay. So we did all this. Are we happy at the end? Not that much. Okay. Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) That was the sort of, the sort of, uh, realization was that, you know, I was super productive for a month to the point of, you know, obsession and, I realized that I neglected everything else, you know, the relationships in my life, Brianna mainly. And um, that sort of showed me that, you know, this idea of productivity equaling happiness um, and fulfillment fulfillment wasn't real to the extent that I thought it was anyways. Of course, I still feel like I need to be productive, but not never anymore to the extent where I neglect Brianna or my relationships in general. Um, So that was like part two of my sort of growing up out of my, I call it my youth. (laughs) It was just moments of like uh, disillusionment. Oh. Right? Like you have all these ideas when you're young of like what what you need to do to be happy and what you need to do to live your best life. And I think that um, living in Spain alone for two months was one uh illusion stripped away the illusion that if everybody leaves me alone and i have no obligations whatsoever i can be you know the best person ever all around you know i'll learn six languages and i'll write a book and i'll you know be as fit as michael phelps like i i thought i could do all that Mm -hmm. and then you know those two months showed me it's not that simple yeah you know you need a balance you need relationships to keep you going um and then covid showed me that even if you do hit this you know, peak. all these milestones. Yeah. Yeah. This peak of productivity, like 
it's not really going to bring you all that much joy, especially if you're not integrating your relationships into your life. Well, as corny as this sounds, like when people are on their deathbed, I don't think they're talking about like how many books they read and how many languages they speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not what sticks with you. Like it's great to read. It's great to do some Duolingo in your spare time. Like that's all, those are all good things. But if that becomes your focus as opposed to being there for your family, showing up in your relationship, being a good friend, that's what's more important. Like, I just think that relationships sit at just, like, the core of who we are and mm-hmm. our happiness and our fulfillment. And so I think that it was hard while it was happening, but, like, looking back and from an outside view, like, it's really beautiful what you learned. That, like, geez, you know, I thought all these things would make me the happiest version of myself, but it turns out, like, I could do all these things, but I'm not going to be happy until I'm showing up the way I want to for my friends, my family, and my relationship. And I think that's huge. And I think so many people can relate to that. Like, I was saying, like, America, this culture of busybody and habit trackers and all these things, I think people often get caught up with that and think that that's the key. Oh, if I just do more. And, like, this podcast, we talk so much about self-growth. Like, did I journal today? Did I meditate? Did I Like, I've fallen into that trap, too. But it's mm-hmm. like, you can integrate those at a healthy level but if that's all you're worried about you're probably not going to be happy at the end of the day because did you connect with anyone did you do anything nice for anybody no and that's more important so when we had this conversation i sort of came to the realization that i wasn't being a good partner to you i wasn't being a good brother or son i wasn't spending any time really with the people that mattered most to me in, in my household because I was so, you know, preoccupied with this list. Um, so that was a big moment for me. And then in addition to that, of course, uh, therapy was a huge help. Um, I started, I think, in December or so, maybe November even, um, before Brianna and I decided to give things another shot because she had always insisted that, you know, it helped her so much that it would be good for me too to just have somebody to talk to and uh, and get Brianna's perspective without asking her for it. Um, I would go to uh, my therapist with an issue that I have in our relationship um, or something that's been bothering me, and he would say, "Well, have you thought about it this way?" Before you you know approach her with this concern in this you know uh, accusatory way, have you thought about it from this perspective? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, I would say, "Oh, yeah." Yeah. That's important. I think it's really big that you decided to go to therapy even before we were back together. Like, I know that I originally planted the seed, but, like, there's a lot of stigma, I feel like, about men going to therapy. And so the fact that you did it without me, like, nagging you to do so is really, really good. And shows that you wanted to be better, too. And I remember, like, when considering, like, are we really going to start to talk again and move towards getting back together? Like, that was one of the things that stuck out. I was like, he wants to change even if it's not for me. Like, that was one of the things that showed that. Yeah. Which was really nice. It's funny. It's not a big deal at all now. Like, my what, kid, my, my students, like, are like, oh, like, I'm sad. And I'm like, you should get a therapist. I have a therapist. Like, see a counselor. Yeah. But, We're like, huge, now. <laughs> huge advocates of therapy. Yeah. Could because, not recommend because, enough. Yeah. Kids, kids especially. Just find somebody to to talk to once a week like that's all you need yeah we're getting off track but we love therapy can't recommend (laughs) it so yeah that brings us to here now um where present the present the great present where um i don't have all these illusions about 
you know, what life would be like without a partner in my early 20s because, you know, it's supposed to be a certain way or I'm being held back. And then, of course, communication, working on uh, more effectively communicating, sort of breaking the patterns um, that, you know, are set culturally in my family. Um, also, just being a guy, not really knowing how to effectively communicate and take people's feelings into consideration. Um, that has brought us to this point where... Things are good. <laughs> yeah, things are good. Yeah. I think that um, what we've learned is there's no such thing as over-communicating. Like, from him moving back, uh, us both moving back from Spain and now, that weird middle ground of, like, are we really going to give this another shot was what I said earlier, like, talking for hours and hours about these situations and how could I show up better and what was the problem before and how can we fix it. And, like, I feel like if anybody was a fly on the wall for that, they'd be like, what is going on here? But, like, we're the type, we always have been, the type of couple that has to talk things into the ground before we can move on. Like, there cannot be anything left unsaid, which is a bitch sometimes, especially with things that aren't that big of a deal. We want to just move on, but, like, one of us is so grumpy about it, and it's like, just get it out, what do you have to say? So that's just how we've always been, but in the bigger sense, it's like, there's no such thing as over-communicating. Like, you need to just be honest, you need to be open, and you need to give the other person the full story. And I think as a guy, I can say that it can feel like a lot. Yeah. Um more than it does for you even mm -hmm. but uh in my experience it's always better to sort of overcompensate in terms of communication and um talk things through even when it doesn't feel like it's all that necessary or yeah. important then um you'll, you'll save time because the blowout fight that you have because you held in all these little things it, it, it'll take up you know days and <laughs> weeks yeah. of your time and um it yeah i i found that even if a conversation feels like a drag and you're like, oh, I can't believe we're, we're discussing this again, you know, like the yeah. dishes, really? Like, it, it's just, it's worth it to avoid catastrophes. Yeah. Right? And the word use, too. Like, we're both in therapy and everybody knows about I feel statements, but, like, you actually have to talk like that, like, to use these kinds of therapy language to communicate your feelings because nobody's a mind reader. And the whole reason I feel statements exist is because they avoid blaming the other person. Blaming is the worst thing you can ever do. It's never going to get you the results you want because the other person immediately jumps on the defensive and says shit they don't mean. And so just working that out, I think, has been ultimately the biggest thing for us. Being able to talk things out in a healthy, normal way and moving on from them has been the biggest thing. Don't you think? I do. <laughs> And it's, you know, assuming that things stay more or less on course uh, for the remainder of our relationship. Like, five years of pretty hard work, but as of right now, like, it definitely worth it. Yeah. You know, um, I can't imagine having to, ha having stuck with it, what stuck with one of our breakups and having had to start over and go through all this with another person yeah. and learn their uh, needs and ways of communicating. And yeah, I mean, I'm very grateful. That we put this time in? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and um, that it was worth it. And like, I, I feel very much so now that it was worth it. 
in the middle of it, you feel like, oh, this is, we're four years in and still fighting about the same, you know, core conflicts yeah. that we have. But now that we've sort of gone over the hump, it just feels like, well, of course we stuck through it, you know. Yeah. And I think check-ins, too, during a time where things were hard, that's another thing that feels awkward at first, but is really worth doing. Like, every Friday night, you just say, like, let's check in. How are you feeling? Because you say... it's Sunday morning. Friday night's a little... Okay. It's for fun. Sunday mornings, (laughs) you can sit down and say, how are you feeling about stuff? Or if you have a long car ride, hey, this is a good time for a check-in. We don't do that much now because we know that things are good but when things were still rocky it was a great time to just be like hey this happened the other day that didn't make me feel that great like maybe we could talk about it because one of our issues in particular is like not feeling like there's ever a good time to bring up bad stuff and that's how things build up so um that's a piece of advice i would give is try to work in check-ins even if things are good hey i feel like once a month maybe we could have a conversation about us that's like on the schedule i know it doesn't sound that sexy but like it's helpful yeah, to I think do that. Just how's our, you know, what are your thoughts on our relationship as it stands right now? Like, good and bad. Yeah. Because I think people are afraid to talk about bad things. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's asking for a fight, generally. You know, when you say, I have a problem with this thing in a relationship, it's, a, it's like a doorway to arguments. Yeah. Because that's how I think we're... Wired. Wired to view these conversations, but I think we have gotten a lot better at pausing and saying, how are you feeling about us at the moment? Like, what are some things that are making you happy? What are some things that are, you know, maybe starting to drive you a little nuts that you haven't mentioned just yet? I think the bottom line is we've learned that communication and being open to feedback in that way is what's going to set us up for success for the long term. It just feels like being able to have these conversations and find a solution and move on just makes us a relationship run more smoothly. And before, it was just so bumpy. Like, I've held this in for so long, and now we're crying, and now we're fighting, and now I have to leave because we're distanced. Like, now it's just, hey, like, I really didn't like how this made me feel. Or I'd really appreciate it if you could help me with this. Because expressing needs is another one. Like, we could go on and on, but this is getting long. But being able to just say what you need and say when something upsets you and being able to take that when you're the one doing something that's upsetting, that's those are the keys, in my opinion. So I feel like this has gone a little long now, but we definitely laid it all out there, and hopefully this was helpful, or you could relate to this, or maybe it was just interesting, like Demetri said earlier, to look into the lives of another couple. But relationships take work. That's the message we're trying to send and it's okay if everything doesn't just lock into place super easily as long as both people are willing to put the work in so i'm nodding again that's our story that is <laughs> um this will be cool to look back on too obviously oh, not yeah. the main reason we did it but i can't imagine like five years from now ten yeah like like you said we laid out the whole history yeah so yeah we'll do another one of these in five years okay talk about how it's strictly good Strictly good. We don't even fight anymore. We yeah, haven't fought. It'll since be a six-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think all right that's, guys. That's all of it. I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Faith, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Say bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>
All right. Bye. <laughs>